Hello, the Truth Ranger Richard back with you once again. I want to share a little bit today about balance. Keeping our balance. Have you ever stumbled over something and had a fall, for example? Or maybe it was a slight stumble and you just kind of laughed and walked on. This is what we're going to talk about. Keeping our balance. Stay tuned. I'm the Truth Ranger. Be right back. Hello, Richard, back with you one more time for a Truth Ranger podcast. Hey, I hope you enjoy these little get-togethers. It's not for everyone. I want to say this right up front. We are living in the last day's church. If you don't realize that, if you're in denial or you're trying to deny the obvious truth, then this podcast simply isn't for you. I'm not here to scare anyone. I'm here to help prepare for the times that are coming, the times that are taking place right now. This series is going to be called Maintaining Our Balance. Now, why is that important? The reason it's important is because there's a lot of shaking going on. Now, a lot of us haven't paid a lot of attention. Maybe we haven't seen it. Maybe we're in denial. But it's happening. You are part of the last day's church. Whether you want to be or not, you've been drafted. Your life has been so organized by the Father God that you are here at this time and this place for his purpose. Wherever you are in your life, whoever surrounds you, whoever is in your influence circle, we'll say, is dependent on you because your eyes are being opened. God has done this. This is not something man has done. God has arranged our lives in such a way for this time in this place. What's going on? If you can't see the shaking that's going on, not only in the United States, but all over the world, then your eyes are closed. <laughs> your ears are closed. Just today I was talking with someone from Canada and we were talking about a pastor there. In fact, he put out a video. This pastor was stopped from having church services. They tried to stop him, so he just ran him off. He ran off the RCMP, I guess it is up there because he wanted to have church service. So he went ahead and had the service, but on the way home, they arrested him on the street. They brutalized him, they tortured him, they threw him in jail, and he's facing all kinds of charges and all kinds of costs. These are the days we're living in. And I'm here, again, I'm not here to scare, I'm here to prepare. We need to see the ground is shaking, and we need to know how to maintain our balance. So. I want to get into it here. There's a lot of things that have been mistaught. And the days of com comfortable Christianity are, are over. They're done. We have to face realities, even if we don't like them. We can try to live in denial, but it does not change the truth, okay? There are two issues that have been so mistaught and so misunderstood in Christendom. One is faith and the other is grace. There has never been anything more mistaught than faith, honestly. And there's never been anything more mistaught and misunderstood than grace. So, during this series we call Keeping the Balance, we're going to try to go into both of them. This particular segment here is going to be about grace, this particular podcast. Okay, let's talk about grace. Grace has been so mistaught, so misunderstood, and 
the devil is in the extremes, quite honestly. There is a, a grace teaching that just is <laughs> just boggles the mind. So we're going to go into a little bit about that. We're going to ask some questions that are common questions about grace. Um, grace is unlimited. I believe that. Grace is unconditional. I believe God has unconditional love for his children. However, we're going to address some questions here about grace. Okay, everybody knows the old song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. I think everyone, even people outside of the church circles, have heard that old song. Neat old song. However, let's just dissect it a little bit here. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Okay, let's stop right there. If you're saved by amazing grace, are you still a wretch? Or are you a child of God? Okay, do you remain a wretch? Do we remain wretches? Or have we become a child of God? Now, is a born again, is an adopted, and we are adopted, if we are an adopted child of God, are we still wretches? That's a good question. Okay, so here comes into a little series of questions and misteachings. You've probably heard someone say, well, the grace teaching gives you a license to sin. Let's think about that. Let's talk about true grace. Does true grace give anyone a license to sin? And what about sinning without a license? Since when do we need a license to sin? <laughs> Aren't we quite capable of sinning without a license? I, I really believe we are. I think that's been going on ever since time began. Sinning without a license. We don't need permission. We don't need approval. We don't need a license. We don't need to use grace to sin. Okay? Hey, think about it. Let's think about what grace really is. Grace is not something that happened. Grace is something that happens. Grace is something taking place. Now we talk about the finished work of Christ. His work is finished. But his work was our beginning. Now I'm not talking about salvation by works. Don't try to, you know, flim flam me with that. I didn't say that at all. But we have a role to play. We've got to be honest here. We can't remain the wretch and blame it on grace. We just can't do it. What does the Word of God say about grace? Well, let's see here in the book of, uh, what is it, First Titus here? Titus 2, Second Titus, Titus 2. Reading from the King James Version in verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Keyword, all, all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a particular people, zealous of good works. These things, this is verse 15 now, these things 
speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. <clears throat> okay, right off the bat. Verse 12 starts out with the word teaching us. So grace is not passive. Grace is not something that happened. Grace is something that <clears throat> has happened, but it's also happening. Teaching, for the grace of God to bring salvation at the spirit of all men, teaching us, it doesn't say it has taught us. It is teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So, grace is a gift of God. No doubt about that. Grace, we are saved by grace. But we are not left there. <clears throat> Think about this. There are people who preach and teach a type of grace that just can't be real. Here's a question. We're going to take a, a little short break here. Here's a quick question. What will heaven be like? Think about that question and we'll return. We're going to expound on that one a little bit. This is Richard. I'll be right back. Richard back with you once again. Hey, I left you with a little question. It was, what will heaven be like? A little time to think about it there. I think we all have a little picture of what heaven will be like. I think scripture actually spells out a little of it. But what will heaven be like in, in your mind? What will be there and what won't be there? Okay. Think about the days we're living in now. Think about the things that are going on around you, especially in the major cities. Hopefully, you're not in a major city, quite honestly. We're living in some disturbing and challenging times. But think about the fear that grips people's lives today. Missing children, rape, violence everywhere. Will that be in heaven? Sounds like a dumb question, but it's really not. It's to bring out another point. If that would be in heaven, how would heaven be any better than earth? Do you really believe that when you reach eternity, when you get to heaven, that you will have to be concerned about the safety of your children? Do you think you'll have to worry about them being attacked or raped, for example? Do you think that will be there? Now, if it was there, how would it be any different than the world? Think about that. Sounds like a silly question, but it's kind of an important question because it leads in, into something. In the last segment, we talked about Titus 2.11. We talked about the grace that was available to all men. <clears throat> and if you remember that scripture said that grace teaches us. It's available to all men. But it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Okay. Here is the challenge. Here is what we've got to sort out. <clears throat> I said before there was a lot of false teaching about grace. And there is a lot of false understanding. Scripture tells us that grace is available, available to all men. It means there's no one grace is not 
available to. But a drink of water is available if you're thirsty, but nobody's going to force you to drink it. It's that kind of a thing. May, being made available is not being forced on someone. So, back to that question about what heaven's going to be like. The things that are here that we won't see in heaven are somehow worked out before they get there. Now, the people are the ones committing these crimes, these, uh, these sins, these violent acts. These people have grace available to them, not force on them. When I ask the question about what heaven's going to be like, and we kind of all, I think, agree that it won't be a place like our present world, we're not going to have to worry about our children being attacked or raped or disappeared or kidnapped, or it wouldn't be heaven. Okay. So we see here, and Titus here tells us pretty well, the grace has appeared to all men. It's available to all men. And it teaches us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Okay. Let's expound upon that a little bit. Grace, according to this, has been offered to all men. Every single human being on the face of the earth. Okay. So that grace has been offered to all the people that you see doing these terrible things. And they continue doing them. Grace has not stopped them because Grace does not force itself. The scripture, again, grace is available to all men. Available. Not forced. Available. But, here's my main point here. Grace, according to scripture, becomes a teacher. A teacher. Okay, now when you went to school, you had a teacher. You were kind of forced to be there, probably. It wasn't something you chose to do. However, you chose to accept that teaching or you chose to reject it. You did not have to accept what the teacher was saying. You could sleep through class. You could make paper wads and be a mischievous little nut. That was your choice. See, you do have a choice. Everyone has a choice. No one has to do anything. Bottom line, we do have a free will. Grace is not forced upon us, but it is made available. So grace is not passive. Grace is not something that has happened. Grace is something that is happening. We are still being taught. Okay, think about this in your own life. Let's say you've known the Lord for five years. Okay, are you the same person you were five years ago? Well, of course you are. You still have the same name. You probably, you know, haven't morphed into some other creature totally. However, your attitudes have changed. You may have given up some of the habits you had at that time. You may look at people differently. You may have more patience. You may have different... Your relationships might have been altered. Now, here's my point. A long-winded preacher here. Here's my point. 
You didn't do any of those things. You didn't make yourself a better person, and you're not supposed to. See, this is where we've been taught so poorly about grace. It is not our work. We are being taught. We're not teaching ourselves. Read the scripture. We are being taught by grace. Grace is a life force. Grace is an office of God, just like faith is. The Holy Spirit, grace, grace, grace. It was grace that made the prodigal come home. It was grace that made his father run down the road to meet him. Because that's not natural. Think about it. It's not natural that the prodigal would have even felt like he could come home. And it's not natural that the father who had been so abused by his son would run down the road and meet him and restore him as a son, not a servant. Think about that story. He was restored as a son, not a servant. That's what grace does. So now, when we personalize this, we have to ask ourselves the question, if we are saved by grace, how do we know? Okay, here comes a little assurance. How do we know? Well, if it's really grace, it's not something that happened. It's not because we responded to some sermon in some church meeting somewhere and we felt, felt great and that was the end of it. That was the beginning of it, perhaps. But grace becomes the teacher, according to Scripture. Okay, let's move forward here. Second Timothy 1.9 He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Jesus Christ before the beginning of time. Think about it. He has called us, saved us, and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done. We have not accomplished any of this. If you would be honest with yourself, and you would look back through time, the victories you have had, you have experienced, but they weren't yours. You didn't do it. You didn't change. You were changed. We need to see the hand of grace in our lives. This is our assurance of our salvation. This is our assurance of grace that we're being taught. We're not accomplishing it. It's not salvation by our works. It's salvation by His works. It's what He's doing in our lives. He's teaching us. And He's a, he's a wonderful, patient teacher. We have to see the Father heart of God in everything. God is not unreasonable. He's never been. The prodigal son is a, is a story about the father restoring his son as a son, not a servant. Think about it. The mercy of God is so almost uh, beyond comprehension to think about a holy God who could transform us, transform us into self-controlled upright and godly people. No, folks, grace is not our work. 
grace is not responding to some voice over the radio or some guy on TV. Grace is God working through our lives. Does God speak to us through people? Sure he does. He can speak through us through anything if he wants to. You know, you can walk along and see a flower and see God in the flower. You know, I'm not getting crazy here, but it's true. Your mind can be set on the creation and how beautiful it is and how God expresses himself. You know, look at a hummingbird sometime. I mean, the beauty of nature is just one of God's expressions of his personality. You are an expression of God's personality. You may not see yourself that way, but you are. And it's really not a question of whether you want to be or not. You just are. Okay. Romans 6.14 tells us, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. It doesn't say that you need to stop sinning. That's not what it says. It doesn't even put the monkey on your back. Think about it. For sin shall no longer be your master. That means your master has been replaced, not by you, not by you. You've been set free. You've been set free. Think about it. You haven't set yourself free. We don't set ourselves free. We are set free. Romans 6.14 tells you. Think about it. Moving right along, Romans 6.15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. So we're set free from being mastered by sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. Okay. So here's the question. How do we know we're saved by grace? How do we know? Where's the assurance? Now we can, you know, base our assurance on experiences. We can say, well, I go to church every Sunday and I feel good. I get up and I dance and I sing and I shout. And that's all well and good. I'm not trying to put that down, but that's not real evidence. Because you could be drunk and you could be living like total trash and go to the church and do that. Seriously, you really could. That is not the measure of grace. That is not showing us any evidence that we've been saved. The Holy Spirit has become a drug to many people, quite honestly. They go to church, they can't avoid going. They have to go to get that feeling again. It's kind of like the old, what was it, B.J. Thomas song, I'm hooked on a feeling. Well, then, then if you're hooked on a feeling, the Holy Spirit has become a drug to you. Well, the reason I'm so adamant about this and maybe a little overbearing here, I don't know. It's because that door is going to be shut. There's not going to be comfortable Christianity anymore. If that is your only connection, that little Sunday or Saturday thing, so you can get together with other people and rejoice and feel good, that's not bad. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that if that's all you have, you're going to be hurting for certain, quite honestly. You're going to be hurting for certain because that is coming to close. Remember what I told you about the pastor in Canada? And it's happening here incrementally. Incrementally. Your worship services are under attack. 
The whole religious structure is under attack. The only thing that's going to remain are state-controlled churches, if you want to call them churches. There will be underground churches, I'm sure. There will be people meeting in homes. You may even risk your life to get together. So now, this old preacher here is setting the foundation for what you're going to have to do. Not to scare, but to prepare. So we have to have the right thoughts on grace. Grace is not a license to sin. It is the ability to stop sinning. It's just the opposite of what we've been taught in many cases. Well, here we go again. Second, second Titus, uh, or Titus 2, 11, 12. The grace of God appears to salvation to teach us to say no to ungodliness. No. The grace of God appears and offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. In this present age. The problem with that last little phrase there, in this present age, is that that moves with us. When the age evolves, and when the times change, and when conditions change, situations change, that still applies. And what I'm here to tell you is the situation is changing. The condition is changing. You're going to have faith under fire. You are. Your ground is going to be shook. That's why this little series is called Maintaining Your Balance. Are we going to be able to maintain our balance? Because it's coming, folks. You can live in denial if you want to. But I'm going to keep preaching it until the day the Lord takes me home. Because it is coming, it is here, it is at our doorstep, Step, it's happening right now, incrementally, incrementally. We're going to learn what faith and grace really are. We're going to have to. It's later than anyone thinks. Grace is under fire, but it's grace that's going to maintain us. Okay, I asked the question just before the little break. What is heaven going to be like? Well, we know what it's not going to be like. It's not going to be like this place here. It's not. It's not going to be somewhere where you have to be worried all the time, where you have to live in fear, where you're afraid to let your child go out the door. Think about it. Okay, so what's going to make the difference? What is here that is causing all these issues won't be there. Okay, the grace has appeared to all people, but not all people are participants. Not all people are accepting the grace. Not all people are participating. Here's the answer. Here's the question that <clears throat> we need to ask ourselves. Is there grace in our lives? Can we prove it? Can we convict ourselves of being a child of God? Is there evidence there? Okay. I'm not talking about the legalistic version of grace here. There is a legalistic version, and it's all based on our works and what we do or what we don't do and what we allow and what we read and what we watch. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the evidence that God, the Spirit of God, is changing us and has changed us. 
I'm not talking about the preachers that come out and say, you've got to cut that hair, you've got to grow your hair, you've got to quit smoking, you've got to start smoking. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the difference that has been made through you, to you, through you, by God. Your attitudes that have changed, you didn't change them. Habits that have just kind of fallen away, you didn't do it. You may think you did. You know, willpower is, is actually our enemy. Sometimes it really is. You know, I, how many times you hear these people say, well, I just stopped doing this and I stopped doing that, but I never stopped doing anything. I'll be quite honest with you. If it was not for grace, I would not be on this podcast right now. I would be living just like the world. There would not be any change in me. My willpower, <laughs> my willpower is uh, just non-existent. I'm just telling you like it is. I'm, I'm being honest with you. I have such little willpower. Any disgusting habit I had, and trust me, I had a whole buffet table full of disgusting habits. They would all still be there, except for grace. Grace intervened. Grace is active in our lives. If it isn't, it isn't grace. Okay, how do you know you're a child of God? Because he is your father. He's not an absentee father. He's not, well, they call him a deadbeat father. No, he's not. He's active in the lives, lives of his children. He corrects us, and he does it with grace. The prodigal son is another good example. The father didn't stop him from leaving. He didn't. In the natural, you would think he would. But in the spiritual, the father knew what would happen. <laughs> God trusts the Holy Spirit within us to call us back home. Are you a child of God? How do you know? How do you know grace is in your life? Because you are being changed. Not because you are changing. We need to put this in the right perspective. God did not call you to fix yourself. He really didn't. There are people, legalistic preachers, who preach that and preach that. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And I just say, hey, I let the Lord have it, and he did it for me. And he did. The things that have changed in my life, even changed without me being aware of it, all of a sudden dawns on me, hey, that has changed. I'm not like that anymore. I don't look at that situation like I used to. You know, I used to have a mindset that when something clicked, it's like, bam, automatic reaction. It's not there anymore. That is God. That's not me. I'm not capable of that. I'm not. And neither are you. And guess what? You're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to be people who have self-control. We get that control from the grace. We get the overcoming from the grace. Grace does not give us a license to sin. Grace gives us the means to overcome. Does this make any sense? I hope you stick with me on these podcasts. I want to tear into some things. It's going to be a balancing act. It really is. The ground is going to shake underneath us. It already started. We can feel the slight tremors, and we ain't seen nothing yet. And I hate to, I got a coin, of a phrase here that I use all the time, and 
people get tired of hearing, I'm sure, but there's a lot of stinking thinking. There is. There's a lot of stinking thinking in church circles. People believe things they've been taught improperly, and they're not prepared. They're really not. They think they're going to have a little oasis, some kind of organization to run to to get refilled, and they're going to have to connect directly with the Spirit of God, not through another person. This is important. This is very important. Whoever you have set up as your guru is going to be knocked off that pedestal for whatever reason, because these are the times we are living in. There is no advocate between the child and the father, but Jesus himself. If you have placed any human being or group of human beings, any denomination, any organization, between yourself and your father, that has to be destroyed because it's Antichrist. I know that's something nobody wants to hear. People really don't want to believe that we're living in a day when religion is going to be exposed and disposed. It's going down, folks, and it needs to go down. It really does. That's uncomfortable. That's the things people don't want to hear. That's why I'll never be a popular guy on TV or popular preacher, and there's only a small handful of people that will listen to my messages because it's not comfortable Christianity anymore. This is coming to a close, and rightfully so. The purification of the church is taking place, even though it seems like a torturous, terrible time. The gold is purged by fire. Think about it. You're the gold. The fire is here. The fire is coming. Tumultuous times, times of turmoil, but the grace is there. The grace is here. The grace is the teacher. Study it yourself. Don't take my word for it. A good good uh, place to go is uh, this Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 11. Just read the whole thing. It's a wonderful thought. It's not, it's a sad thing when we see something die, but it's a wonderful thing when we see something born. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing an age change, but we're seeing the true bride of Christ being purified. I know I hammer on this and people get tired of hearing it, but I'm going to say it one more time. Sorry. <laughs> you know, just don't send me any money because I'm not here to make any, obviously. But we are living in times when the body of Christ has been dismembered and beheaded. What started as the body of Christ has been turned into tens of thousands of divided, dismembered, and beheaded bodies run by men and organizations, not by Jesus Christ. Denominations are divisions, and the body of Christ is not divided. No kingdom divided against itself can stand. So what we're seeing is the purification of the body of Christ. Is it going to hurt? It probably will. Will it kind of put a scare into us? Oh, it probably will. Because things are changing. Things are changing. 
what we put value in that we thought was stable are all of a sudden unstable. Everything, look around you. The economy's totally unstable. The government's totally unstable if it ever was stable. Religion is unstable. Think about the pastor in Canada. That's not a question of what's right or wrong or what's good or bad. It's The point is it's happening. And we can be scared or we can be prepared. I choose to be prepared and I choose to try to prepare others because it's not coming, folks. It's here. It's here. And in the coming days, you'll see it more and more and more and more. The things that we put value in are going to be so moved around that the ground will be shaking. That's why this little series is called Maintaining Your Balance. Okay. <clears throat> Didn't want to ramble on here too long. I've got a tendency to do that sometimes. And I hope you get something out of this. I hope that it blesses you somehow. My email here, I'd love to hear from you, is truthradio at mail.com. Truthradio at mail.com. We want to get a proper perspective on grace. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is the first podcast about grace, not the last one. We're going to go deeper and deeper into it so we can see grace working in our lives. Grace is not something that happened. Grace is something that is happening. <clears throat> grace is not a teacher that we knew and the teacher died. Not at all. Grace is alive and well. Grace is teaching us. Grace is changing us. We're not changing ourselves. We're not even capable of changing ourselves. Think about it. There we go. For the gift of God has appeared unto us, offers salvation to all people, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. I hope you've enjoyed this little get-together. I hope you can see what I'm trying to show you. I hope you pray about it. Don't listen to me. Never accept anything I have to say. Or any other guy you hear. Man or woman. Never, ever, ever. Go to the scripture. Go to the Lord and ask him to confirm it. And if he can't confirm it, then do not receive it. Quite honestly. All right. TruthRadioMail.com TruthRadio at Mail.com This is your brother Richard again. The Truth Ranger, and I'm going to get out of here, say goodbye, and we're going to get back with you here real soon. I hope you enjoy the little podcast, and I hope I hear from you. God bless until the next time.